0: You're listening to the A Day in Progress podcast, episode 17. Welcome to A Day in Progress, the productivity podcast for women working on themselves for themselves. We give you a glimpse into the daily routines of inspiring women, including the morning and evening regimes, productivity hacks, and planning tools that set them up for success. Now here's your host, journalist, copywriter, and editor of agirlinprogress.com, Emma Norris. Elise Catchlove is a Vedic meditation expert and teacher the founder of Buy Catch Love, and a mum of one with another on the way. She's had an extremely varied career journey, starting as an actress before transitioning to the fast-paced fashion industry until a decade-long anxiety condition brought her to Vedic meditation, which has now made her career. I love chatting to Elise about why her day starts with scraping her tongue, how Vedic meditation has supercharged her productivity, how becoming a mum has made her more mindful, and so much more. Hi, Elise. Hey Emma, how are you? Good, thank you. How are you? I'm great. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I'm so excited to have you on.
1: Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: Awesome. So I know you've had quite an interesting career journey. So you are a Vedic meditation teacher. Um, I am. of By Catch love Meditation School. But I know you actually started in the fashion industry, which is obviously very fast paced and pretty much the complete opposite of what you're doing now. So I'd love to hear a little bit about that transition and your career journey so far.
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's been a wild ride, a pretty varied journey. I've kind of ventured through a couple of careers to kind of get to this point. So yeah, I I was in the fashion industry. Um, Actually, prior to that, I was in the acting or entertainment industry. I was pursuing a career as an actor. I know, which is crazy. That was kind of... Yeah, that was my childhood dream. And so I finished high school and I started pursuing that. But I guess to cut a long story short, I ended up jumping into fashion. I kind of did my last gig and I really needed a break. There's so much rejection with acting. And so I always had a day job, obviously, with acting to make money. So I always worked in fashion retail and uh, visual merchandising. And so once I left kind of the acting industry, I didn't realize that I would never go back from that moment. But nonetheless, like I I needed a a good break. And so I went and started full time in fashion retail. But I kind of quickly got itchy feet. And I was like, I wanted to do something different. And I wanted kind of my own thing. And so I literally woke up one day and I was like, I think I'm going to start my own clothing brand. And that's kind of the joy of being young and naive and bold and fearless. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. And so And so I did that. And so I, I started a brand called Catch Love Collective. It was a lifestyle fashion brand. Ooh. And I ran that for about four years. But to be honest, it was pretty unfulfilling. I really loved it initially, mm-hmm. you know, kind of the glamour and the excitement of, of starting a, a brand and, and all of that. But that kind of quickly faded. And I really spent a lot of my time behind a computer screen, which is which is not my strength and not my passion and I love kind of being with people and connecting with people and and so I was finding that it was yeah really unfulfilling and then kind of couple that with about 15 years of anxiety which is what drew me to meditation I decided to to go finally kind of go and do something about my anxiety I was a highly functioning anxious person I think a lot of people can relate yeah and this um, is
0: definitely in our modern society like we kind of just have to get on with things but that doesn't take it away
1: you know absolutely that
0: Anxiety
1: all the time. Totally, totally. And that's what I was experiencing. It was kind of triggered in in high school, and then that kind of triggered off the journey of, um, as I said, yeah, 15 years of anxiety. But anxiety can be so limiting and so sort of self sabotaging. So anything that triggered fear, I would just point blank avoid. So I was making conservative decisions in my business and in my life because I didn't want to trigger that anxiety. So I finally realized I've got to do something about this. Obviously, meditation is kind of the first thing that's recommended to people with any kind of anxiety. And so I started researching it. And, you know, I was one of those people that thought there's no way I'm going to be able to meditate. I've got a a monkey mind. My mind's crazy. I'll never be able to still the mind or get rid of thoughts. So I did a bunch of research and I stumbled across a technique called Vedic meditation. And it seemed to be kind of the antithesis of all of that. It was like nothing to do with switching off your mind or ridding your mind of thoughts. And I thought, okay, this is the technique for me. And so I found a teacher in Sydney, actually. She was coming up to Brisbane and I learned the technique. I actually learnt with my husband. He'd been through a year of really poor health and uh, it was attributed entirely to stress. He was getting a lot of stress-related symptoms. So we both learnt together And, you know, within three weeks, I would say 80% of his symptoms were gone, which was pretty mind boggling. And yeah, and for me, my journey was a little bit different, but we ended in the same place. My anxiety just slowly lessened and lessened and lessened to the point where I was like nearly completely anxiety free. And so that kind of inspired me to want to teach and really gave me the nudge to be able to close down my... Clothing business, which I was avoiding for a long time because, to be quite honest, I was really afraid of the judgment and, you know, looking like a failure. Here's another failed fashion brand. She didn't try hard enough. And so I held on to it for longer than I should have. But once I learned to meditate and I kind of really got rid of all the junk in my nervous system and I was able to start to think with a lot more clarity and and I was able to really kind of ironically find my purpose, which was to be a Vedic meditation teacher. So that's what set me off on that path. And I went and studied in Sydney while I was pregnant with my first baby. And uh, here we are. Wow.
0: Amazing. That is such a journey. And how long ago was that?
1: I learned to meditate four years ago yep. and, um, and then I launched my business in August of last year. So I've been teaching for a little over a year now.
0: Awesome. And for those who might not know, what does Vedic meditation actually involve? Because, yeah, I know it is quite different mm-hmm. from what we think of when we think meditation.
1: Yeah. So Vedic meditation is a mantra-based practice. And so you're given a mantra by your teacher. So you actually have to sit a course face-to-face. It's something that can't be learned online. It can't be learned via an app and there's real value to that. And so you sit a three-day or four-day consecutive course with a trained instructor, and you're given a personal mantra, and then you are taught how to use the mantra effectively, and that's really the most important thing and that mantra has a really charming resonance to the mind and it's what helps actually effortlessly guide our mind away from sort of active thinking and into the part of the mind that's really still and quiet but there's no effort involved and there's no pushing thoughts out thoughts coexist within the meditation and we don't worry about them but the mantra when used correctly really does the work for you so it's really easy it's really effortless you can do it anywhere because you're not being guided by anything you know you don't need to tap into like an app you don't need to wear headphones you don't need to be in a quiet room you don't need a special cushion so you can do it on the bus on a train on a plane while pepper pig is playing in the background <laughs> if you've got kids yeah. it's really versatile and it's great for corporates as well i teach a lot of corporates because they can meditate at their desk at work yeah, yeah. i really love the
0: sound yeah. of that sounds incredible yeah. and so with yeah. your business do you do mainly online workshops or do you do teach um in person as well
1: I teach only in person. Once you learn the technique, you basically have unlimited support essentially Uh for the rest of your life. So you can get in touch with me via email, text, phone, all the rest of it, and ask questions or troubleshoot. But yeah, Yeah. the course itself is taught face-to-face. Yeah, Yeah. I
0: know you said that it is something that does really need to be taught um, face-to-face, so that makes sense. (laughs) Hey, just before we get into the daily routine, I want to let you know about a little freebie that can help set you up for a successful and productive day. My alternate procrastinate toolkit is packed with the 10 tools and strategies I use personally to stop procrastinating and get shit done even when I really don't feel like it. Head to a girlinprogress.com slash procrastination to get your free copy today. Awesome, okay, well let's get into your daily routine if that's all right. Sure. Awesome. So you are based in Queensland. Is that, is that right? Just a I am. Yeah. Where you are. Yeah. Well, whereabouts in Queensland? Are
1: you? I'm in Brisbane.
0: Oh, nice. Sunny Brisbane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm a
1: brizzy girl. I did live in Sydney for a year, yeah. uh, way back when I was, when I was studying acting, but no, I, I am a brizzy girl. It's actually a really lovely livable city. The traffic isn't too bad, but it's still got enough pace for me. I still, I still like, you know to go to nice restaurants and all that kind of thing yeah Um, so it's kind of got a really nice balance of the two
0: yeah definitely and so what time are you normally up in the morning
1: yeah I'm up early so I'm up at five every day pretty well every day yeah
0: get up straight away or do you have does your alarm ring a couple of times before you and you snooze it a few times (laughs)
1: No, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. I have to be pretty disciplined because I've got a two-year-old yeah. and I'm actually pregnant with our oh, second. Congrats. Thanks. Thanks. So it's going to get even crazier when the, the next little one comes along, but I have to be disciplined because I really want to get my meditation practice in before yeah. my little boy uh, yeah. rises.
0: Is he up yeah. early as well?
1: He's up early. Yeah. He's normally up by about between five thirty and six. Yeah.
0: So what's the first thing you do after you wake up? Like do you will you literally start your meditation straight away or will you have some water or
1: Yeah, so it probably sounds a bit strange if you haven't heard of it before, but the very first thing I do is tongue scrape. Have you heard of that? I I mean,
0: I think the name kind of I know it sounds gross. Yeah. But I have so what is the does it just sort of make you feel a bit more like fresh or?
1: Well, it does do that for sure, yeah. but it, it originates... It's an, actually an Ayurvedic uh, modality, uh-huh. so it originates from India. I didn't and know And basically... Yeah, the premise behind it is that all of the toxins um, build up on your tongue overnight. It's called armor. Yes. and so in the morning you're basically scraping off all of those tux- toxins so that you're not reabsorbing them back into your body. So you get rid of all of the gunk, and then um, before you drink any liquid or anything, I've gotten nearly all of my students onto it. And w- honestly, once you start doing it, you. You just can't go back. You don't feel clean unless you do it. Yeah, it it sounds like one of
0: those things that, like, you won't be be able to feel, like, clean or, like, not toxic once you start doing it.
1: <laughs> yeah it 's addictive. I take it everywhere i go whenever I travel. the tongue scraper comes with me <laughs> yeah.
0: So that 's first thing and then, so that 's
1: the first thing yeah, yeah so that 's the first thing I do and then I splash a bit of water on my face and then I literally go and sit back in bed i uh, sit up i never we never lie down um, and meditate with this particular technique. so I sit up in bed with some cushions behind my back and I meditate and I meditate anywhere between 20 minutes to 40 minutes so I do actually a bit of a combination of um, my normal Vedic meditation practice and I'm actually learning an advanced um, practice at the moment that I'm tagging onto the end and then I do Shavasana at the end of that which is just lying down and resting for five or ten minutes so on a really good day, I can I can get in 40, 45 minutes, um, but otherwise, yeah, 20 minutes. Yeah, so I teach my students a 20-minute practice, 15, 20 minutes, so that's kind of just standard practice, but, you know, as a teacher, I'm just kind of, yeah, I do a little bit longer.
0: Yeah, this is kind of a weird yeah. question, but do you, like, get yeah. back into bed to do it? Like, will you pull the covers over you? Because I love meditating on slash kind of in bed as
1: well yeah so i just put a
0: blanket on you or whatever of
1: course yeah absolutely i'm like i'm under the covers i've got cushions behind my back i'm to- i'm like comfy as okay, that that's makes the whole thing with up. this technique is, is that we're not we're getting rid of any discomfort so it's not about sitting on the floor with your back Unsupported in the lotus yeah. position, trying to, you know, still your mind. We sit comfortably in a chair or on a sofa or in bed or on a plane or whatever. And yeah, we do it that way. So, absolutely, under the covers yeah. is totally fine. Awesome.
0: Yeah. I'm very glad to hear that because I feel like I'm more likely to do it if I can just get like stay warm and comfy and it's almost 100%. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good to hear. Um, yeah. So, after that, what do you do? You like drink coffee in the morning or like tea or anything?
1: I don't. So what I tend to do is I tagged him with my husband. So a couple of mornings a week, he trains and I get up to Harley. And then a couple of mornings a week, I train and he gets up to Harley. So on the mornings I'm with Harley, I go and uh, get him from his cot and we actually go back to bed and we snuggle for half an hour and we read books and oh, chill out nice. and hang out which is really nice otherwise I'm off and I do my training and I come back and then I always and then it's like straight into brekkie. so I make a big a big power smoothie for the three of us yep. and and then we sit down we the three of us have breakfast together every morning which is actually really a nice oh, kind of nice. little tradition that we've started it's oh. really good for Harley and yeah we chat and stuff before everyone then gets on with their day
0: yeah, P.S. Harley is one of my favorite names. It's such a cute oh, name. Oh, yeah. Especially huh? for a boy. Yeah. Uh, I was going to ask, what is in your power smoothies? That sounds delicious.
1: Yes. Okay. So I do quite a few greens. So I do um, kale. I specifically use Cavallonero. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's a bit different to, to uh, Tuscan kale. I find it more digestible. So I use cool. that. And then um, spinach and cucumber, and and then I do frozen banana, blueberries, sometimes a little bit of mango. I do hemp seeds, I do barley grass powder, and I do coconut water.
0: That sounds so energizing. You must feel great after that. No wonder you don't need coffee.
1: (laughs) Yeah, totally. It's delicious and it's filling. Sometimes I'll have like some porridge or birch and muesli or whatever as well it depends on how hungry i am but um yeah i make that for the three of us every morning and harley really likes it too which is good
0: that sounds awesome and just going back when you say training do you mean like you work out or you train like yeah okay yeah what do you normally do yeah
1: yeah so i do um pilates i've been doing pilates for years now i used to have really bad chronic uh neck pain and that helped like tremendously with that so pilates is kind of my exercise of choice and then actually recently um, since I've become pregnant I've started uh, one day a week I train with a trainer and we do specifically like strength and resistance training yeah so it's kind of a nice combination between that and pilates
0: do you have like a reformer machine at home or do you do more like floor-based stuff
1: no i actually go to a class oh you go so i go to yeah i go to a reformer class and there's normally only like three or four people in the class it's four maximum so it's sort of nice and intimate and it's a good little social thing as well i've got the regulars that go there so we all kind of chat and hang out yeah oh that
0: sounds nice and so what your work situation so are you do you have Uh an office with a team do you work from home
1: Yeah. So I work from home predominantly. So when I'm working on the business, um, I'm working from home. I've got an office set up there. Full disclosure, sometimes I work from bed um, with my laptop um, on my lap. Our bedroom has a really nice aspect. So it gets the northern, uh, it faces north. So it gets like really, it's really lovely and warm. In winter, yeah, but then it gets all the breezes. So sometimes I just sit there and work. But I do have an office. But I move around. Sometimes I go to a cafe. I really like kind of changing up my work environment. I think it makes you more inspired and stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah, I move around. And then when I'm teaching, obviously I'm teaching from – I normally teach from a space on the river in Brisbane, so it's got lovely views. And so, yeah, and so that's what I'm doing when when I'm actually teaching, teaching.
0: Awesome. And does your husband work from home as well or is he – out? in an office somewhere.
1: He's in an office, yeah. Yeah. So he actually just started his own business about a month ago. Yeah, so he's in an office.
0: Yeah, cool. And so how do you normally plan out your days? Like are you a calendar or like a paper planner kind of girl Mm -hmm. or like calendar app on your phone?
1: yeah calendar app on my phone so i use that a lot i use that for all of my meetings any appointments that i have things like that and then um quite often i'll just write a list of everything that needs to be achieved kind of within the day and i just do that in in iphone notes you know and then things crop up throughout the day and it throws all into disarray but you know yeah. we just roll with that
0: <laughs> yeah awesome and so what i guess what does your day-to-day normally involve like how many classes are you normally teaching a day
1: Yeah. So I actually, I don't teach daily. So I structure courses normally either once or twice a month and that's for a group course. And then I teach on demand outside of that. So I have on my website, all of my group courses that like, if you want to book in for that, but if you want to have an actual private one-on-one course run for you specifically, then I just teach on demand outside of that. And I actually generally go to the client's house for that so they don't have to go anywhere. And I structure the course times around their schedule and um, that's quite popular as well.
0: As well as teaching, I guess, what does your day-to-day normally involve? Like, is it like meetings? Is it like any admin involved?
1: yeah totally there's always admin you know it's like probably the very first thing i do is check emails so you know any email inquiries course inquiries that have come through emails from students because you get ongoing support so if there's any questions from students or if they need to troubleshoot something or if they want to share something great that's happened um, so i'm responding to all of those and engaging with my students which i love interview questions you know anything like that and then throughout the day it's anything from yeah working on the business going to meetings meeting up with students collaborating you know anything it's so varied
0: yeah yeah on the topic of email I want to ask you do you have a set time that you like you won't check your email before like do you sort of have any
1: boundaries around that I do yeah so I actually have gotten into a habit and it's something that I share with my students it's been really valuable to me and they've found it valuable as well, is to flick your phone to flight mode. Like choose a time in the night. I normally just do it before bed. I flick my phone to flight mode and then I don't flick it back on until after I've meditated in the morning. Because you would be surprised um, at the number of people who check their phone in the middle of the night, who wake up in the middle of the night and check their phone, check their emails, scroll Instagram if they can't sleep. And it's a really bad habit to get into. And also if you have any kind of morning practice, which a lot of people are starting to implement which is awesome even if it's it might not be meditation but it might be just some deep breathing or it might be going to you know an exercise class or doing a gratitude journal whatever it is if you can just wait until you've achieved that in the morning and then flick your phone back Off flight mode after that and then get into kind of work mode from then so that's that's a habit i've gotten into and i've stuck to that for quite some time now it works that's a really
0: good idea because i feel like i i don't have any notifications on my phone but i do Mm -hmm. still just check it first thing in the morning like i'll like literally go into whatever app to check it so i feel like the flight mode thing is actually an extra step that you'd have to be like oh like i can't actually like use anything on my phone
1: Yeah, 100% because most people pick up their phone first thing in the morning and so they get smashed with blue light and stimulus and potentially uh, strike a a rising cortisol from the moment they wake up before their feet have even kind of touched the ground. So if you can just create that little bit of space between when you wake up and when your actual day starts, it's really beneficial.
0: Yeah, awesome. And is there any other morning practices that you do that we didn't sort of touch on?
1: I do sometimes uh, during Shavasana, the end of meditation, when when I'm just lying, I'll just run, you know, run through in my mind things that I'm grateful for, you know, anything that I want to achieve for the day, things like that. Um, But as far as like any other formal practices, not so much. It's more so meditation is really the non-negotiable for me. And then, you know, going to Pilates or training or whatever on those days and then making sure I'm preparing something really healthy for breakfast and sitting and having that quality time as a family and then it's and then it's on with the day from there
0: yeah awesome and does music or like podcasts or anything play a part in your sort of daily routine
1: yeah. I'm obsessed with podcasts. I don't tend to, so I cannot work with noise. I cannot work with music. You know how some people can work with music playing all the time. I wish I was one of those get people Yeah, I, like, I can Like yeah. I can
0: listen to instrumental, like, especially if I'm writing. So I do actually listen to music, but I, nothing with words and definitely not podcasts.
1: <laughs> totally. No. So I need kind of dead silence when I'm working, but any kind of commute that I'm doing, if it's to a meeting, if it's on my way to teaching, whatever it is, I constantly have podcasts going. Um, so, you know, my little boy, Harley, poor thing. He never, well, actually not poor thing, because he's probably absorbing some knowledge somewhere yeah. in there. <laughs> he's um, unconsciously. At, the, at the ripe old age of two. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he listens to podcasts with me the whole time. Yeah, I, I love them. I think they're so valuable so it's amazing what you're doing because it's really, it's pushing the needle, it's moving the needle, it's inspiring people. And I think it's wonderful. Oh,
0: yeah. I feel like everyone's got a podcast these days, but um, I think it's great. Yeah. I think it's a really great platform. Like, the thing I love about listening to podcasts is that you can do it while you're doing other things. Like I love listening to them totally. when I'm like, cooking or like yeah commuting, like you mentioned. Yeah. What, what are some of your favorites that you're listening to at the moment?
1: Yeah. So I love, I love the expanded podcast by Lacey Phillips. I love Goop for its like variety of guests. They cover so many different topics. I didn't um, even know they had a
0: podcast, for. but it makes, yeah. It makes it, like, yeah, It's brilliant.
1: It's really good. Elise Lunen, she does most of the interviewing and yeah. um, she's a really wonderful interviewer. So I love listening to her. I love offline podcast yes. by Alison Rice. Yeah. I
0: actually, um, that's she, where I heard of Vedic meditation, I wondered if... Yes, she is a Vedic um,
1: meditator. Yeah. yeah.
0: I was like, uh, yeah, yeah. I, it was the first time I'd heard of it and I was like, this actually sounds really cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah, her podcast is lovely, really like beautiful, soulful kind of chats. Yes. And, and I think Under the Skin is great with, with Russell Brand. He gets some cool guests on. He's really bright. He's he's also he also practices this technique meditation technique so yeah a lot of spiritual podcasts health and well-being they're kind of my go-tos
0: yeah awesome well it's good to get some recommendations on that one because i'm actually looking for more like that like i think i listen to a lot of business podcasts and sometimes it just makes you more stressed and overwhelmed you're just like oh i've got to be doing this got to be doing that so it'd be nice to listen to some more in that sort of realm
1: Totally. And you know what? Sometimes I just crave something really like frothy and fun and frivolous. And so sometimes I'll listen to something that's like beauty related or fashion, you know, just something totally left field. Sometimes I, you know, I'm like, okay, I think I'm, I think I'm done with uh, health and well-being for today. I just need to listen to something else. So I change it up as well, but I I hear you on that.
0: Awesome. Um, And so do you normally take a lunch break or like what does lunch normally look like for you?
1: I do. Yeah. I'm really... I'm really religious about that and I think it's really important that we really, as a culture, try to, as much as possible, carve out a little bit of time to be able to just eat um, and not multitask at the same time because um, so often when we're working, we are in our sympathetic nervous system. We're in a state of fight or flight and to digest our food properly, we actually need to be in a parasympathetic state, which is actually the state of rest and digest. And so if we're like running around and, or, you know, like eating on the go, eating while driving, eating while working, it's very difficult for the body to digest the food that you're eating. So I absolutely sit down and I take, you know, 20 minutes to sit and eat my meal. And I think it's a really good habit and ritual to get into. And I think food tastes better. I think you chew better. Like you, you know, when you're smashing out emails or in work mode. Yeah, you don't even um, notice
0: what you're eating. You don't even think.
1: Like, oh, it's all gone. <laughs> totally, totally. And I love food. I'm really, I love cooking and I love food. So um, I want to enjoy it. I don't want to just kind of stuff it down and while I'm doing other things. So as much as possible, and sometimes it doesn't work out that way and that's life and we just roll with it. But on the most part, I do take a dedicated break. Yeah.
0: Awesome. And what do you normally eat? Are you um, plant-based or like what does your... I'm
1: not. I'm not. I eat predominantly plant-based, but I certainly do eat a small amount of well-sourced meat. So I try and get all organic and grass-fed meat. And uh, I love fish and I love salmon. So I include that in my diet, but I eat like I am a vegetable junkie. So I eat a lot of vegetables. For lunch, it's either a big salad um, anyone who follows me on Instagram knows that I'm obsessed with salad, particularly yeah. rocket. You'll see that on Instagram all the time. Rocket. Um, so I'll make up, um, yeah, rocket. I know. And you I like know, I know, it's funny. I can smash rocket like no one else. But when I was pregnant with Harley and even actually when I was pregnant with this one because I have had a terrible, terrible morning sickness, um, I completely went off rocket and it was so hysterical. All my friends were laughing at me because I'm <laughs> normally obsessed. So yeah, a big salad and I make, I'll do like a yummy dressing, a tahini dressing or a satay dress yeah. or something tasty and I'll throw like nuts in there or hemp seeds and, and I try and always Lunch is generally most of the time vegetarian or I have leftovers from the night before.
0: Yeah, that, that sounds actually like a very delicious salad and quite filling as well.
1: Yeah, it's it important is. important
0: with salads. And so are there any little ways that you sort of practice mindfulness throughout your day?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know what? I think one of the really awesome byproducts of meditation is that it just generally makes you more mindful. So prior to meditating, I really have to say I wasn't particularly mindful at all. I mean, I was to a point, but I certainly had a long way to go. But as you start meditating more and more, you just naturally start to become more mindful in your life. So that kind of has happened. But then I also do try to make a really conscious effort to, you know, I guess, as cheesy as it sounds, kind of stop and smell the roses. And I think it's really important when you're a mother as well for little people to really be in the moment because children are so in the moment. Like they are literally, their attention is right where it needs to be and they're not flittering thinking about 40 million other things like we do as adults. And so that, you know, Harley's been a really good kind of reminder for me when I had him to kind of really stop and notice the small things. And I think the other thing that's really helpful, I think is just building little rituals into your day, which I try to do, even if it's just, making a cup of coffee. You know what I mean? Like making a beautiful cup of coffee and doing that really mindfully and sitting yeah. and drinking coffee and reading a few pages of a good book or whatever it may be, but just doing it really consciously. And so I, tr- I try to build in as much of that as I can throughout the day. And sure, I forget sometimes like everybody else, but um, there's something I've become a lot more conscious of. And Holly and I, we go for a walk every afternoon pretty well without fail unless I'm teaching and we go to the park and we just play and we're just there and is he
0: normally with you throughout the day?
1: So when I am working, no, but when I'm not working. So I don't work every day. I definitely split my time between the two. Then I'm with him. I'm 100% with him. So yeah, but when but when I'm teaching, obviously he's definitely not there you and then when I'm working. I've got yeah, <laughs> that would be, be that would be interesting. <laughs> yeah, totally and then a couple of days a week, I, that's my dedicated days that I'm working on the business and I schedule all my meetings and things like that then. And um, he's not with me on those days.
0: Okay, cool. Makes sense. And yeah. do you feel like you're more productive now that like, I get, since meditation's come such a big part of your life? A hundred
1: percent. Yeah. The good thing about meditation, particularly that So I do my second meditation. So we recommend meditating twice a day. And so I do my second meditation normally in the afternoon when Holly has his nap, or I do it when I'm like, I meditate with students when I'm teaching. And that meditation is literally, it's like getting a second wind. It's like Jerry Seinfeld says, it's like, plugging in because he meditates with this technique as well it's like plugging in your iphone and recharging your iphone and it's like recharges yeah, your yeah. cells in your body yeah so you come out of the meditation and you literally feel like you've had a nap but kind of without the sleep hangover on the other side so you had a real surge of productivity creativity focus clarity all those kinds of things yeah like a second so, wind yeah. kind of thing it's like a second wind yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, which is why we don't recommend meditating just before going to bed with this technique because it can actually give you energy, which is one of the yeah. really great byproducts. Much energy. <laughs> <When you're
0: laughs> yeah, yeah, energy. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. Yes, what time of day do you
1: normally do that second one? Yeah, so normally it's kind of around two to three o'clock or. If I miss that afternoon meditation, then I'll meditate after I've put Harley down to bed at night and before I have dinner. So, you know, around 7.30. Um, The only time I don't do it is just before bed. But I do generally um, manage to fit it in in the afternoon. Um, which is great because it just, it gives you a boost for the rest of the afternoon. And as I said, you become more productive because a lot of people get a really big crash uh, around three, uh, two, three o'clock in the afternoon. It's normally the time you reach for sugar or caffeine. Yeah. And so a lot of people's productivity really plummets in the afternoon hours, which is why you can so often end up working late into the night because you've actually lost quite a bit of productivity in the last few hours of the day, just purely out of fatigue. Um, So that really is the best time to meditate and I've noticed a huge difference since I uh, started doing that four years ago.
0: Yeah, awesome. And so do you sort of have a cutoff time like in the nighttime where you stop
1: using your phone? You know, I actually don't. I'm going to be really honest about that. I actually don't. But I also, once I've put Harley to bed, and I finish preparing the evening meal, my husband and I sit down and eat, and we and then we watch um, some Netflix. I'm not, I'm not sitting on my phone on, you know, on the couch while the Netflix show is playing and staring at my phone the whole time. So, I'm like, I'm relatively good at not being attached yeah. to my phone in the in the evening hours. And then, and but I am really strict about the flicking to flight mode before bed
0: yeah god you're so, doing better than most of us to not be on your phone watching netflix
1: <laughs> i know look i'm guilty of it sometimes and if i hear a ping i definitely check it so don't think i'm an angel because i'm not um but but i do but i do try not to just yeah. sit there and scroll instagram while a show's playing when when i'm when i'm watching something i'm watching something
0: Yeah. Hey, no judgment here. (laughs) I'm much (laughs) worse than that. And (laughs) so, do you guys um, have dinner at the table, or do you watch TV and have your
1: dinner? It depends. Bit of both. We try to sit at the table as much as possible, and we do most of the time, especially in summer because we can sit outside. It's really lovely. Um, But occasionally, you know, we fall victim to chilling out on the sofa, particularly on the weekends. You know, if we get. Some takeaway, or we're having a chilled night, we'll just kind of hang out on the sofa and yeah, and eat. Yes, I love that. Yeah, yeah, Uh, totally.
0: What are you guys watching at the moment?
1: oh um you know what we just finished which was so good unbelievable oh you know yes
0: yeah that, that didn't go how I thought it was going to but it was very oh like I'm still thinking about it I feel like I'm exactly gonna, yeah
1: yeah which is the sign of a really good yeah. series is that you're yeah. still thinking about it and talking about it yeah. afterwards yeah. So we finished that. So We love that. We're watching uh, Working Mums just for like the pure yep. humor of it. It's hilarious. Yep. We just watched the documentary and I'm trying to think of what it's called. It's on, um, it's about athletes who have turned plant-based. Oh, I um, literally watched it for last performance. Night. Yeah. It's yes. really uh, interesting. What's
0: it called? The guy with the UFC fighter? Yes, yeah, yeah. I'm really just true. trying to think today. I can't remember what yeah. it was. All. Something perform, I don't know. It was really good it was though. I, I, yeah, it was that's
1: really. That's actually good.
0: why I asked you whether you were plant-based cuz it's like fresh in my mind.
1: Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah.
0: I, yeah, I'm such a meat eater, like uh-huh. But after that, yep. I was like, I don't know, Like, if I could ignore all this research, like, it's oh,
1: no. Yeah, the research okay. is pretty astounding. Yeah, I was like, um,
0: surely this isn't true, all the things they're saying, like, this is just propaganda. But then, oh, no, <laughs> it actually is, it actually is true, maybe, <laughs> the, all the yeah. other stuff is propaganda. <laughs>
1: Yeah, there's a lot of validity to. Yeah. I mean, just eat, just including more plants in your in your diet and yeah. decreasing your meat consumption. Yeah, um, even if you don't go completely plant based, I think. Um, and I think that I think that Doco is going to inspire a lot of people that wouldn't ordinarily have thought about plant based eating because it's you know athletes and um wrestlers and yeah it was really interesting so we finished that and i you know what i love queer eye i think the fab five they're an amazing bunch of men who are you know compassionate and vulnerable and intelligent and so i love that but we watched so we watched Series from all kinds of genres.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I'm realizing how much Netflix I watch as well. I'm like, yeah, seen that? that." Um, Yeah, I know. And so, do you have like a wind down routine before you go to bed?
1: No, I actually don't. I think the afternoon meditation really sets me up for success for the rest of the day. And then cooking is really therapeutic for me. I love cooking. Um, So, I find that quite relaxing, to be honest and then just chilling out, watching a show. And then sometimes we'll go to bed and I'll read a book. But more often than not, I'm kind of fortunate in the sense that I can fall asleep pretty easily. So I sort of haven't had to create too many boundaries around sleep hygiene and stuff like that. So really the nighttimes are just purely, out, just purely enjoyment for me. It's like, Chilling out, having a nice meal, watching a show, chatting to my husband, and just winding down. Like that's winding down to me.
0: Yeah, yeah it doesn't have to be a stretch like I do this and no. I do this. It can just be whatever, whatever you enjoy, I guess.
1: Totally. I'm a huge proponent of like in the Veda, we call it following charm. It's like just following what is charming in every moment, following yeah. your bliss. I love that. And yeah, and so I try to do that, I try to live my life by that as much as I as I can. And so at night, it's just like, what do I feel like doing? And that's, it's not about a strict regimen. It's just purely, yeah, as I said, just enjoyment.
0: Awesome. And what's the very last thing you do before you go to sleep? Well, it sounds like you just get into bed and fall asleep. <laughs> pretty
1: I just much. get into bed. And I mean, sometimes I do a little bit of deep breathing. I actually, do you know what's something I do do? Because I'm pregnant at the moment, and I did it when when I had Harley as well, when I was carrying Harley, is I, I say inside my mind a couple of just lovely little affirmations to the baby,
0: Aww,
1: and I, and I do that before bed every night. Yeah, so that is something I do. So I do that, and then and then hopefully fall to sleep easily.
0: Um, how far along yeah. from your pregnancy are you?
1: I'm nearly 22 weeks. Uh, so I'm, just, uh, <laughs> I'm so not um, a
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah just... it's
1: it's it's over five months, over five halfway. months. So yeah, yeah so I'm over halfway. Awesome. Well, congrats again. Yeah.
0: Um, and Thank so you. just to finish up, what are your three non-negotiables for a successful day?
1: Oh, okay. I would say I mean a thousand percent meditation. I think yep. that's a no-brainer at yeah, this point. Right. So meditation. I would say being mindful. You know, doing things mindfully being in the moment, being present with what you're doing, not trying to multitask a million different things. I think doing one thing and doing one thing well at each moment is much more successful for productivity, for work performance, all those kinds of things than trying to wear a million different hats at the same time. So I would say that. And I would say, Oh, I probably have four. I would say connection, like good, quality connection with, you know, your loved ones or friends or whatever throughout the day. And I would say healthy, nutritious eating.
0: Connection yeah. is a really good one. Like I feel like no one yeah. else said that, but I feel like now I think about it, I'm like, yeah, that is such an important thing that well, I guess a lot of us just take it for granted.
1: Totally. And I think, I think it's such an important part of our day because we spend so much time with, you know, wearing a multitude of hats, trying to be whether it's a mother, whether it's, you know, a working mother, whatever it is. But really, like, enjoying those moments that you get, those conversations that you have throughout the day, those moments you get with your child or your husband or whoever if they're not throwing a tantrum, you know, but just being present and enjoying that. Yeah. Um, I think that's really important and underrated.
0: Absolutely. And just to finish up, where can everyone find you online?
1: Yeah, so um, I'm just. My website is www.bycatchlove.com. It's just dot and then I'm on Instagram. I'm pretty active on Instagram on stories in particular, um, and that's just at bycatchlove.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you yeah. so much for coming on the podcast. I've well, loved having you on, and I feel much. like I've learned a lot as well, which is always really oh helpful.
1: good. Yeah, good. I'm pleased. No, it was lovely. I really enjoyed the chat. Thank you so much for thank having you so me. Much.
0: Thanks for tuning in to the A Day in Progress podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure you subscribe on iTunes or Spotify and leave us a review. And if you're after more life, career and health advice for women working on themselves for themselves, make sure you head on over to agoinprogress.com to check us out.